Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Our Weekends Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And happy Monday to everybody. So Kate, I know I saw you uh, like 24 hours ago, but how'd everything go this weekend? We actually had a really nice weekend. So my mom and I went down and visited Brielle's dad, my uncle John, and Brielle and Dan, her husband. And we had such a fun weekend. We just like hung out in the pool all day on Saturday, which... I don't know how everybody else feels about the summertime, but I love being next to the pool. Yes, and since Kate and I were together, we decided to um, do a TikTok. So we um, were kind of like trying to find our way through the, the TikTok world, but we did post a TikTok and we actually did a giveaway. Yeah, so we're giving away the book Cherish, which we're going to be talking about today, which we kind of have mixed feelings about. Yeah, I think... I hate to say this, but like this book is possibly like the biggest letdown of the summer thus far. Yeah, I I liked it, but I didn't love it, which kind of broke my heart a little bit because we've been waiting so long for it. And we love this the first five books in the series so much. Yeah. And if you guys haven't listened to episode three of um, Our Weekends Booked, then you can refer back to that. We actually covered charm which was the fifth book in the series it was absolutely hands down one of like the best books i've ever read and we have waited so long for the you know publication of cherish i think we almost like hyped it up too much in our minds and got let down a little bit yeah so like brielle said episode three has um some more information about the author of this book, Tracy Wolf. So I'm not going to do my normal spiel about author information since we, you can check that back out in episode three. So we're just going to kind of jump right into this book because it is a lot to unpack. So we're just going to try and give you guys like the main plot points and kind of our opinions about this book. Yeah, so um, right off the bat, we find ourselves in the Crave world again, and we are greeted by Hudson her, his mate, Grace, and then their friends, Eden and Heather. So we find out that they're all in San Diego, kind of trying to restart their life after what happened, the, all the craziness that happened in book five. And Grace obviously has, if you've read the series, she's accepted her role as Gargoyle Queen. And so she's decided she's going to have a, a Gargoyle Court in San Diego so they can kind of live like a semi-normal life, but also be there for like her people. And pretty quickly, the plot starts to unfold. So at the end of book five, their friend Micah is poisoned by the Shadow Queen. And the, the whole point of this book, I felt like, was them trying to find a way to save his life. Yeah, I think that that is exactly what Tracy Wolf was shooting for, right? So... He was poisoned. It's like irreversible. But of course, like Grace and Hudson being who they are, they want to save their friend. So they're going to go like to the ends of the earth to find a cure for him. And they realize that because of all the things that happens, like with the time dragons and charm, that they can use that to their advantage. And they're they're kind of like not going to go back in time, but they're going to like use that concept to go back and find the cure for their friend. Yeah. So they're not necessarily going back in time, but it's like a different timeline, which I found myself so sad for Grace in a few parts of this book, because <laughs> there's a lot that happens beforehand 
But when they finally make it back to the Shadow Realm, everyone remembers Hudson, and she's really the one that saved them. I mean, he did too, but it was more her. And because she took that shot to the heart from the time dragon or whatever, her timeline has been erased. So no one even remembers her. So there's these people there that she's built these incredible relationships with that are just like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, that would be soul-crushing. Yeah, it was really sad. And I think that, before we get too far, I think that that was one of the reasons why Tracy Wolf let the character Heather, who is, like, completely mortal, be in this book. Now, I'm not going to say that I agree with it, but I think that it was kind of like um, a, like a, a comfort to Grace to have her there. Because, number one, Grace doesn't know what she's going to come up against in the future. Um, and she doesn't know, like, where they're going to end up. So she's got Heather there. You know, of course, she has Hudson, too. But, like, she has Heather, which is, like, that final link to, like, her mortal life. And, of course, Heather remembers everything. Well, Grace told her everything. Um, and just to me, like, that was the only justification that I could, like, find why Heather was even in the book. Because I just felt like... I don't know. I just felt like she was not integral to like the whole plot of everything. And I mean, Tracy Wolf killed off like Calder, which was one of like the greatest characters in the previous book, but she like let Heather be in this one. And I just, I just couldn't like wrap my head around that. Yeah. It was a little bit hard for me to swallow too, but I think maybe the whole point was Grace had pushed Heather to the side so much in all the other books and she didn't want to hide her life from her anymore. I can understand that. I just, I just don't know why it was relevant, but that's just, that's just me. No, I get what you're saying though. I mean, I <laughs> think that several times throughout this when they're in like perilous situations and you're like, okay, surely she's about to die. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure that throughout this whole podcast episode, you're going to hear us say things that we usually don't say because I don't know. I'm just still not. I'm not on board with this book at all. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And it was really disappointing for me. But but hey, we did get some characters back that we were hoping would resurface. Yes, I'm so happy about that. So basically, they all go to the Gargoyle Court. They talk to Jenkin, the time, the time wizard. And he lets them know in a roundabout way that takes about 14 chapters that <laughs> their entrance to back to the shadow realm is going to be through a fountain at the witch court. So they go to the witch court. Macy's there. You know, she gives them like the seeds for portals and stuff. And they when they finally make their way back, the whole place, Normar is still, you know, the purples and all that jazz. And they come across Teola, the little girl from the first episode that we talked about in, you know, book five. And she comes running up to them again, like normal. She doesn't know who Grace is, which I think that was the hardest part for me was her not knowing who Grace was. Oh yeah. Everybody there. I mean, nobody, like you had said just a couple minutes ago, like, you know, nobody knew what Grace sacrificed. And I mean, Grace though, just like took it, you know, with, with a grain of salt. Like she was like, okay, nobody remembers me. That's fine. And I mean, she could have really, been angry she could have like you know turned against Hudson because 
what Kate failed to mention is when they're back in the shadow realm, Adairi, you know, the town that they spent so much time in, is now been turned into Vegaville, like a complete like homage to Hudson. Yeah, there's like gift shops and all kinds of stuff. But when they go to the farm, when Teola Arnst and Marilee didn't know who Grace was, that was the hardest for me out of all the characters. Yeah, because she had such a special relationship them. Like her and Hudson actually like contemplated in charm, you know, not trying to find their way back and just like settling down there with them because they could make like a family with them. And yeah, that was I mean, it was it was it did pull at your heartstrings a little bit. I will give give you that. But the thing that I loved was so they get to the farm and all the Umbros are like running at them, the little shadow creatures and Hudson, you know, for as you know, macho manly as he is trying to like hide his feelings about everything. You could get the feeling from the way that Tracy described it, that he was like searching for little Smokey. And when she wasn't there, he was so disappointed and you could see it on his face and he kept his shit together, but Grace could like feel the change in him. And then when they meet Teola and there's like the noise coming from her backpack and she's like, I took care of her for you. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's Smokey. She's back. I know. And she was like, she had reverted, you know, back in time as well. And she was like, just a little, a little tiny newborn type thing. I'm I'm still not really sure what she is. We talked about this before, but she's kind of like a, a little like black smoky kitten in my mind. Mine but, too. But she was back and like Hudson, like it just like made his life at that point. Oh yeah. He like broke down crying. Yeah. It was really cute. That was really touching. Yes, I like to see that, you know, she came back because that was a big thing for me. I remember saying that when we read the end of the last book. I was like, if Smokey don't come back, I swear. Yeah, we did. We absolutely said that. (laughs) So throughout the whole book, you know, you see them get reintroduced to the city. Obviously, people remember Hudson. um, And their whole goal here is to get a meeting with the Shadow Queen and because they come up with this plan. So the Shadow Queen has two daughters, Lorelai and Leanna. And one's good and one's bad. And they basically feed off of each other's souls. And the one daughter has been hiding out for, what'd she say? Was it like a thousand years? I don't know. It was like an extremely long time. And she was actually hiding in the witch court, right? Yeah, she was in the witch court. So when they leave to go to the Shadow Realm, they leave her behind with Micah. And he's going, she's going to make sure that he's okay until they get back because she's a Shadow Queen's daughter. So a little bit of her blood kind of slows the shadow poison. So they feel comfortable enough to go to try and save him by leaving him with her. So they have this leverage, they think, against the Shadow Queen who has been separated from her daughter for all this time. So they are trying to get a meeting with her without her like trying to hurt the whole entire city. So they come up with this plan, which I love that Hudson is going to put on a concert. You know, everyone's obsessed with him. So it's the best way to draw attention that the real Hudson is actually there. So they put on this concert, they rope Jackson into it. And didn't they call him like Hudson, which I thought was funny, was calling Jackson like the hair. Yeah. (laughs) Which I was like, that's great. I do love that. So obviously it does exactly what it's intended to do. And the Shadow Queen soldiers come and, like, take Hudson and Grace and Eden and Flynn and Jackson, all of them, captive, blindfolds the whole nine because the Shadow Queen 
is hiding out from everybody because she's like, uh, like, you know, people are trying to assassinate her. Yeah, nobody's supposed to know, like, her exact location, hence the blindfolds. And they kind of, like, when they, you know, get taken to her, it's kind of like a rough ride. And, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're not tortured or anything like that, but they're not treated as nicely as they could have been. Um, And they're delivered to her. And that's when they start to, um, like, present their case. Like, Grace kind of uses that gargoyle queen title that she has. And she's like, okay, queen to queen, I need to make a deal with you. Which, you know, the shadow queen's like, you ain't nothing here, gargoyle queen. Like, (laughs) no, but I think that Grace really did like step up in that moment and basically lays it on the line for the shadow queen. And was like, we need you to save our friend. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, save your daughters. And, of course, the Shadow Queen is, like, instantly, like, don't speak my daughter's name. You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know where she is. And little do they know. Like, yeah, they do. So they finally convince her um, that they found a way. And if they do this, will they? she save their friend. And she's like, yeah. So they leave on their journey. So they have to find this. Celestial do. Yes. Which, this part, I didn't like. This was crazy. I didn't like it. They go, they find this celestial tree, which apparently, like, bounces around from place to place. So, they finally find it. And with the help of Remy, who I love that Remy was back in the book. Yes, and he's getting his own spinoff, which I am excited about. Yeah, and Remy, if no one remembers from the series, he can see the future. And he's pretty powerful. But he never gives away what's going to happen. He just always says to Grace, I'll be there when you need me. And he always is. So they need him, obviously, to get to the celestial tree. So they get there. And as soon as they get there, it's like a huge tree with honeycombs. And there's like an enormous bear there, which, you know, the bear, whatever. Jackson gets tired of waiting and is like, you know what? I'm just going to snatch one of these honeycombs. Let's see what happens. Well, what happens is... Bees that have been fed steroids come out of the woodwork and is like attacking everyone except for Grace. Yeah, it was like it was like one unfortunate event after the other at that point. And I mean, I just couldn't like get past the fact that they're trying to like snatch these honeycombs from these like deranged bees. And then they're also like trying to keep their eye on this like murderous bear because obviously you know you see the correlation there bees and honey but them being them they know that they need that honey well while they think they need the honey to save makai yeah and so basically almost everyone's dead by the end of this encounter except for grace somehow she saves everybody and she sees the bear eating the honey and rinsing its paws in the water and then she thinks, okay, dew is water, it's not honey. So she, she takes one of the vials that they were given and fills it up. And she does have a vial with the honey in it, too, which I forgot about until later when it popped back up. So they get everybody out. Remy is, like, you know, eaten to shit by bees and, you know, teleports them out of there. And he takes them to what he remembers as home, which you remember is the crone's prison where they were all tortured in book three. Uh, It was in court, wasn't it? Or four, book four. Yeah, Yeah. book four. So 
immediately they have like you know they go through all this trouble they get there well the crone knows they're there immediately and you know all the sacrifices they made almost getting killed by bees on steroids almost getting mauled by a bear like all this crazy stuff and she immediately takes the elixir from her and i was like really after all that after all that yeah but before all that like how sad is that that the place that you associate with as home is actually a prison and yet you know if readers remember every night like they had to run the gauntlet which was just like torture yeah basically just torture like one mode of torture after the next and then you would just like cycle through it for 24 hours and then you know do it all over again I mean, I understand, like, why Remy took them there, because he thought of home. But, like, that's really sad in itself. Well, that's where he lived most of his life. Like, that was his only home. And it was so sad because it made me think about, you know, our our lost lion friend. I know, that's what I said. Like, we kept Heather, we killed off Calder. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was really, that made me really sad. So it's like, you know, I just, and and look, typical fantasy book fashion, when everything seems like you've finally got everything you need, like, it goes to shit, right? Like, that, we knew that was going to happen. But what I loved was that the way that they got out of that prison was that Remy leveled the place. Yeah, basically, like, expended all of his powers, like, all of his reserve powers, and he he was completely tapped out by the time it was done. But, again, like, the the one of the themes of this book is, like, about sacrifice. And he sacrificed that place that was his home, quote-unquote, for his friends. Yeah, I mean, and quite frankly, I don't think I would have accepted any other plot unravel except for Remy being the one to destroy that place. Well, I think that kind of sets up, like, the Uh, sweet vengeance is what it's called that comes out in november i think right i can't wait to read that november 7th i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think that now it may not be along the same lines but i think that that was like your final glimpse at like what type of person remy is and then his story will continue and i mean it has yet to be seen if like we're gonna see Hudson Grace or or the gang in his books. We know that Izzy is going to be in it because she's one of the characters, like the main characters as well. She wasn't in this one. She was mentioned. Well, yeah, but she's going to be in Sweet Vengeance. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, they level the prison and a lot of other things happen. I feel like I don't know what a good stopping point is with the plot because I don't want to say too much because I feel like after the prison situation happens, everything kind of happens pretty rapidly. What you said earlier, like it took you like 14 chapters to really get going. And then everything happens like all at once. And then it starts to like go on that, you know, downfall where like it seems like everything is wrapping itself up in that beautiful bow and we're like getting a hot sweet happy ending and then bam the the crone strikes again which you know that lady (laughs) well i mean she's the crone so what else would you expect this is true this is true but i like what you said i did like 
feel at the end of this book that Tracy Wolf did a really good job of kind of wrapping up everybody's stories. So you kind of felt like you knew where each character stood by the end of the book. I think that maybe her delivery is just, I don't know, it just seemed really different than the other five books in the series. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, and I had said to you also, it could have been the fact that when we read the other five books, it was pretty much back to back to back to back to back to back. And then we had to wait so long for this book. I feel like maybe we lost some of that momentum. And the the fifth book we loved so much that I think we put so much pressure on this last book. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, I liked this book, but I didn't love it like I thought I would. Um the last 150 pages for me was the most amazing part of the whole book. But I mean, if I'm being completely honest, like I almost felt like the writing style wasn't the same. It it felt rushed to me. Like maybe I don't know how the writing process goes at all. You know, I don't know if she was given a like a deadline and maybe life happened to her and she had to like cram it all in. I don't know. You know, like I don't know the circumstances that she was under, but it's not that it wasn't written well. It was just like, it felt rushed is the best way that I can describe it. Like she was like, okay, here's the characters all laid out. Everybody knows these characters. I don't have to explain them. Um, We're going to pretend like everybody knows what's been going on for the four months that was supposedly four months or so in between charm and cherish because a lot of shit happened that the reader had to, like, work out their self. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, which most of the stuff I was okay with. The one thing I didn't like, because I was so looking forward to, like, the slow burn to that relationship, was Flynn and Jackson. Yeah, so it was alluded to in Charm that they were possibly mates. I mean, you know, Jackson has a dragon heart. So we thought, okay, they're going to be mates. But, like, in the beginning of this book, it was, like, they worked together, but they could, like, I don't even want to say, they couldn't really, like, stand each other. There was a lot of bickering between them. And then at the end, like, surpassing all of the drama that happened, it was, like, oh, yeah, we made it. Like, surprise. But- yeah, I, I, w- I really wanted more development out of that relationship in this last book. And I was I was a little bit let down by that. Yeah, I think it it was, I don't, I don't want to say sad because that's not the word I want to use, but like it wasn't, um, they deserved better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I will say this. I do still stand behind my love of this entire series. And I really hope that if you haven't read it, you still want to read it because it is a, an amazing series. It is, and you should definitely read it in the order of publication. I know that we've had this debate before, um, but it definitely needs to be read in that order. That's the way that it makes the most sense to me. Yeah, because I know there was like some people saying that charm you could kind of read whenever, but I, I, I think that I agree with you on that. You, you should read it in the order it was released. Otherwise, there's going to be so many plot points that don't make any sense. Yeah, so if anybody is unfamiliar with it, um, first book is Crave, then you have Crush, Covet, Court, 
charm, and finally cherish. And I will just say I am a huge Tracy Wolf fan. I'm really looking forward to um, she has the Starbringer, which comes out in July, and then the spinoff series Brielle was talking about earlier, Sweet Vengeance, in November. And I've already got them both pre-ordered in my cart. So even though I was a little disappointed and felt almost slighted by this book, because it was, I still feel like I have unanswered questions and I'm not going to get answers to them. I still loved it. And I still think that if anyone enjoys fantasy or Tracy Wolf as an author, definitely give this book a read. No, I agree. I mean, I'm glad that I finished it. Obviously, like DNFing a book is like against my religion. Um, <laughs> it it obviously wasn't my favorite. It did wrap everything up very nicely so that if for any reason we never see any of these characters like besides Remy again, like you can be happy with that. Yeah, I can agree with that statement. Yeah. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 32. As always, if you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast alley you listen to and check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore books. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time. (laughs) 